All right, well, we've been in a series for several weeks uh, called Running With Purpose since the, was it the first, I think it was the first uh, Sunday in the year. Let's look at Hebrews 12.1. We'll just put that one up on the screen because we're going to be um, moving through. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we've spent several sessions on this. We're not going to, you know, uh, preach everything we've already preached. Can't possibly do that. But we're just going to touch on a few things and then move forward. But I encourage you, if you didn't hear those messages, go back and listen to them. That's why they're up on the website. They're also, we have a podcast. You can go to the website, find the podcast from there. That's a great way to listen to the messages. But they're all up there. Uh, It says in verse 1, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. We all have a race. We all have a call of God. Every Christian has a call of God on their life. Every Christian has a plan and a purpose for their life. They're not all the same. Some people are called to the ministry, full-time ministry. Some people are called to business. Some people are called to be in engineering or accounting or any number of fields. But we all have a call. We need to understand. We need to find out what that is, and we need to cooperate with God. And what you're ultimately called to, you may not be operating in right now, but if you listen to God, He's getting you prepared for what you're ultimately called to. And He'll, take, he'll help you take steps. 1 Corinthians 9.24, go ahead and put this up on the screen too. We spent some time in each of these places before. It says, uh, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Talking about a natural race. Do you not know that those who run in a race, they all run, but, but only one gets the prize? So you need to understand, in the race that you're running, your race, you're the only contestant. You're not running against somebody else. It's a one-lane race. You need to understand, you don't have to compare yourself against somebody else and what they're doing. It's between you and God. You can learn from people. You can glean wisdom. But you should not take direction from people directly. No man determines what you do. You can take counsel. Thank God for people that we can bounce things off of. But it's God who ultimately is going to direct you. Number two, you're not not comparing yourself to what somebody else is, is doing. That's irrelevant. You're in a one-lane race. If you start looking at everybody else, you're not going to run your race the way you ought to. So we need to understand that we got to go before God. Lord, what would you have me to do? And go forward with that and do it to the best of our ability. He said, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Obtain what? The prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not with one who beats the air. I di- but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. Notice verse 26. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. What's he saying? I'm running with purpose. I'm not running just like, well... We'll see. I could run that way. I could run this way. Could run it. 
in a certain you know, method or other, it doesn't really matter, I'm just, no, that's a walk. That's like a leisurely walk. That's not what we're talking about. Going on with God, he's got a purpose. We're doing it on purpose. We're, walk, we're running that race, not as somebody that's just spending time uh, haphazardly, but on purpose. In the Amplified, it says, uh, verse 24, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Do you not know that in a race all runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run your race that you may lay a hold of the prize and make it yours. Verse 25, Now every athlete who goes into training uh, conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Verse 26, Therefore I do not run with uncertainty, without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. So I'm not just moving air. I hit with purpose. I'm not doing it with uncertainty. Well, what will be will be, some people say. That's not true. That means, that's just saying, well, everything's up to God. Whatever He wants. Well, what does He want? Number one, He wants everybody to be saved. Is that happening on the earth? No. Is everybody going to be saved? No. What does He want? Everybody to be healed? Everybody to be, have healthy marriages? Are those things happening? No. We have a part to play. We're going to need to do something. We're going to cooperate with Him. We need to run with purpose. Not with uncertainty, not with, well, whatever God wills, we'll just see. No, run with purpose. Get His plan from Him in His Word, and then His plan as He'll speak to every Christian in our spirits and direct us and guide us. Let's go to Hebrews 11, verse 1. Go ahead and turn there. Hebrews 11, verse 1. We'll get into thrusts we have today, which we've already touched on in this scripture, that we want to run not with uncertainty, but with purpose, with definite aim. We'll get into another aspect of that here. Hebrews 11.1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the Amplified, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we Hope for, being proof of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I'll read verse, the beginning of verse 1 again. Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. The God's Word translation says faith assures us of things we expect. Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of things we cannot see. See, that word hope there, 
If we go back and look, and we'll see this, we'll come back to the God's Word, but if we look at it in uh, the New King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope there is not the way people today use hope. See, people, when, when you and I uh, talk about you hope something happens. We're not talking about in a biblical sense now. If, you've, if we've been taught some things, we understand. But I'm saying generally when people use the word hope, if you see it on TV, if you read it in an article, they mean wish. If, if you say, you know, is your favorite team going to win such and such a game? Well, I hope so. That does not mean you are firmly convinced it's so. It means I want it to happen. I'd sure like it if it happened. But that's about it. I wish it would. What that word actually means here is to expect. It means to anticipate, usually with pleasure. It means expectation or confidence. That's a lot different than the way we use that word. If you, you know, when... if. Like with the example we just gave, if, if you're saying, I hope my team wins, that doesn't mean, in, when you say that, people don't understand it is, I confidently expect, I anticipate they will. When you say hope, it means, I wish they would. But there's no confidence. You would say it a different way. If you really believed it, are they going to win? Absolutely they're going to win. They're going to destroy that team. That's a different thing. That is expectation. That is confidence. That's actually what this hope means. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. We're going to go in this to a degree, but we've taught on this before, and those messages are up in the archive uh, in detail. But here I want to touch on it for the purposes of the context we're in. I want you to see this because it's very much connected when we're talking about the purpose of God. The word faith, it means persuasion, assurance, confidence. Faith, it, Bible faith, is believing what God said and having a confidence in what God said. So when you see this, well, let me read this too. It means literally a standing, or um, let me say this. So no, faith means persuasion, assurance, and confidence, when you look at it in this verse. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance means a standing under. That which stands or is set under a foundation, a beginning. I'm going to read that again. When you're looking at the word substance here, it means a standing under. A foundation, that which is set under a beginning. So when you look at this verse here, it says, Now faith, which is persuasion, confidence, your confidence, the belief in God, what He said, His Word, is what stands under, or what is the foundation for things hoped for. Things hoped for are things you expect, you anticipate. 
So now let's go through it again. Faith, or being confident in God, is what stands under or what supports you anticipating something in the future. You see that? What you believe affects what you expect, or if you expect. If you don't believe anything, you don't expect anything. Going back to the example of the sports team, if you really don't think they have any kind of, they're, they're just washed up this year, turn on the game or they can win, I don't know. You never know. I mean, they've, they've just been messing up left and right. You have no expectation. Why? Because you don't believe they're good. You just don't believe it. But if you believe something, if you believe they're good, if you believe they could go, there are people all over that are giving their afternoon, giving their night, spending money to see. And they're anticipating. They're expecting something. This paints a picture of how we are to operate with God. If we believe something, if we, we believe what He told us, then we will expect certain things in our life. If we're not expecting anything in, in any given area, that means we don't believe something. Well, I'll just see what God does. That means you don't really expect Him to do anything. If we believe something, if we believe He's a good God, He's going to do what He said, then we're going to expect, we're looking, I'm waiting, I'm expecting it to happen. I am expecting this thing to change. Well, we'll just see. It had, didn't happen yesterday, didn't happen the day before. I don't know, you never know. Maybe something will happen today. That's not, that means no expectation means no faith. A little bit of expectation means a little faith. Full expectation, you watch, it's going to happen. It's there, much faith. Not talking about playing games. I'm not talking about making stuff up, telling somebody to look good. I'm saying, really, you expect something. And we know what that is. You don't, you don't, this, this is not Christianese. This is not religious. You know if you expect something or not. I'll just give this example now. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever ordered something off of an online company? After you push the button... To pay after you checked out and it popped up with your order is final. Your order has been submitted. And it gave you already the shipping time when you could expect maybe even a guaranteed date. Did you just be like, well, whatever. I mean, may get here, may not. Somebody asked you, did you order that? Oh, yeah, I ordered it, but I don't know. I mean, you never know. They may not ship it. I don't know. I spent the money, but whatever. Does that mean you have, does that show any confidence with that company whatsoever? Why are you even buying anything from that company? If that's a level of confidence, why? You just basically said you, you spent your money and you don't know if you'll ever see the merchandise. Is that the way, honestly, people, that if we really ordered something, is that the way we act? We don't act like that. If you push the button and somebody said, hey, are you getting one of those? Oh, I ordered. It'll be here Thursday. What is that? Expectation. Are you, are, you in, are you anxious about it? Are you uptight about it? They said they were going to ship it Thursday, barring some unforeseen circumstances. 
is showing up on Thursday. You have a confidence about it. Why? You believe that their word is true, and I put in my credit card information, and when I push this little button, they have this policy that they're going to ship it in two days, and so I expect to see it Thursday, period. That's not hard. Let's not make it religious. What if I don't expect to see it Thursday? I don't have any confidence in the exercise I just went through, pure and simple. Bottom line. If I don't expect something coming up in the future as it relates to the things of God, I just don't believe certain things. That's not to condemn us. It's just a, it's, it's a, uh, a measure. It's true. It shows us where we're at. The Amplified, let's look at the Amplified again. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. How do you know you're going to get it? I got a receipt, and they said it's guaranteed by Thursday. Here you go. Confidence, title deed. Why do you believe it? Here you go. I don't, and people don't work up about that. They don't make a big deal. They're like, I have this, and it will happen. They're like, dude, you'd be like, okay, you ordered something. I get it. Yeah, it'll probably be there, you know, calm down. Right? And I get worked up about it. No, but let me ask you another question. If you jump up and down in circles and say, it's going to be here Thursday, it's going to be here Thursday, it's going to be here Thursday, it won't be here Friday, is that doing any good? Is it helping it get here? Because you, you push the button and it's done. It's going to be here. So if you really believe that, what do you act like? No big deal. But it's not here yet. It hasn't shown up. That's because it'll show up Thursday. It's not a big deal. But it's not, but it's Wednesday. It's not here. It'll be here. It'll be here. That's faith. That's natural faith. That's operating naturally, but with God, how much more? Romans 4.16, go ahead and turn over there. We'll look at an example of this. Romans 4.16. Talking about the plan of God, what He's told you. Well, God's told me to do such and such, and well, what are you doing about that? Well, I don't know. I don't, you know it's up to God. I don't know. Will it ha I don't know if it'll happen or not. What are you doing to prepare? Well, I don't know. I mean, if I see something show up, I'll prepare. Does that sound like expectation? That sounds like if I see it, then I'll start believing it. Romans 4.16 says, Therefore, this is talking about Abraham, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Abram was called Abraham before he had a child. God told him, you're going to be the father of many nations. You are the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed. Notice that. In contrary to hope, in hope believed. 
so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. That means even though, see, the guy was old and his wife was old, but not being weak in faith, he believed God, so he didn't let what he saw get him off. He didn't let the fact that he didn't see any circumstance changing. He believed God. He did not, uh, you know, being weak, not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Do you see his confidence? Abraham was confident that if God said it, he's able to do it. And you can see then back in verse 18, it says, contrary to hope or contrary to normal expectation, in hope believed, in expectation he believed. He expected something even when there was no reason to expect in the natural. He had reason to expect because he believed God. In the NLT translation, 4, 8, Romans 4.18 in the NLT says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. When there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. In the Amplified, it says, For Abraham, human reason... Human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. There was no reason in the natural. See, it says that for Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. In other words, there's no reason to expect. If you look in the natural, there's no reason. If you're looking in the natural... Fold it up. There's no reason. But, I mean, think about it. You think your situation is hard. We're talking about a guy. You know, he first talked to God, he's 75, but when he finally had the child, he's 100 years old. And it's talking about here, he's 100 years old. His wife's in the 90s. They've never had children. And now God says you're going to have a children and he's, or child, and he's believing that. You think your situation's impossible? Which would you rather have, your situation or this? This is, she never had children. She was barren when it was the time to have children. Now she's past that, and now God says, now you're going to have one. What are the chances people would give you on earth with that? It just says, it's human reason, there is no hope. That's time, in, in, in our day and age, that's time for a talk. People are going to say, all right, you're, you're, believe, you're believing what? Okay, come here. You take them into a different room and they try to conv- you know, talk to you to deal with the mental side of the situation. Right? Let's be real. It's, it's not like, oh, really, you believe that? Okay, I'm behind you. No, nobody in the natural is saying this is a good idea. No, without God, this is foolishness. But Abraham's not without God. There's the key. If you're following God and the plan for your life, you're not without Him. If you're doing what He said, it doesn't matter what the natural looks like. This is a perfect example of it. God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. 
not out of nothing, I mean, spirit, but act, there was nothing natural. If you're going, hey, there's nothing here, boop, there is, because God said it. And over and over in the Word, this happens, did happen. Here, the Bible says there was no reason to hope, but Abraham hoped in faith. Well, we know what we read, hope it doesn't mean I wish in faith. That means he expected in faith. That means he believes something and he's expecting to see a baby. Amen. You think your situation's bad? Just remind yourself of Abraham and Sarah. At least I don't got to have a baby at 100 years old, 90 years old, and believe for that. People think you're nuts. They think you're more nuts here, I bet. Sometimes it helps to put things in perspective. Mark 5, verse 24. Go ahead and turn over there. Another example of expectation, hope. See, this can apply with our, just what is in, the, in God's Word. Anything He's promised us in, God, in His Word, we can believe for. We can believe it. And then you're going to start expecting something if you actually believe it. But we're talking about specifically in context of what he's told us, running our race. Well, if we're running a race, the Bible says, we read in Corinthians, you run it on purpose. You run it with uh, determination. You run it not as somebody just waving their hands and going, well, you know, I'll try this and I'll try that. But you are saying, here's the target and you're hitting it. You're expecting something to happen. You're saying, I'm going to do this because this is going to happen. That's faith. We don't say, well, I'm running my race, but I'm just, you know, lazy boy, just kind of going like this. We're not talking about works. We're not talking about working some up. We're talking about believing something and therefore acting like it's true. Acting like what God said is true and it's going to come to pass. Mark 5, verse 24 says, so Jesus went with him, a great multitude uh, following him and, and thronged him. So this, there's two accounts that are um, mingled together. And so he's going off for this little girl to, to see her. But at that same time, uh, this lady comes up on the way. And so I wanted you to see, it says, a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So he is walking along the path, and there are people all around Jesus. Verse 25, now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, she had a flow of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. Is this true today? Now, maybe this specific condition, do people go from doctor to doctor trying to find problems out? Yes, this part hasn't changed. She had spent all she had and was no better. Is that true today? Yeah but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Notice, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Why is the lady, we could go into it, but she's not supposed to be in that crowd because of the, what her condition is. She's not supposed to be trying to touch Jesus. She says, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Can you see the faith and can you see the expectation? She is not going to take the risk of getting in that crowd. She is not going to be pushing people aside. She's not going to be reaching out to touch Jesus if she doesn't expect something. The reason she expects something is because she believes something. 
She expects what? She expects when I touch him, I will be made well. I shall. That's a strong statement. She's not saying I'm going to try it and see. She said if when I touch him, I shall. Well, we see what happens here in a moment. Verse 29, immediately, so she comes through, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she had said in herself, if only I may touch him, his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. So when she touched him, the power of God came out of Jesus into her, and it changed that condition immediately. Right away. The power of God flowed into her. What caused that power to flow? She believed and she acted on it and she reached out and touched him, believing. Now just because that happened immediately, the power, the, the, her belief and the power flowed in, all that was is a, a sped up process of healing. Each one of us has healing in our body that has been put there by God Almighty. That's how your body, you cut yourself, it heals up. That's the power of God. This is just supernaturally fast. Power of God making it change and her, her condition changed immediately. But she expected. Regardless, she believed and it happened. Verse 31, but his disciple, or sorry, verse 30, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But verse 31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitudes thronging you and you say, who touched me? They're saying there's people all around you bumping into you. What are you saying? There's plenty of people that are touching you. Verse 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing. See, he knows somebody touched him expecting something to change. She acted because she believed, and it changed things. She believed God and stepped in to what God had for her. If we believe God, God in the plan of God for our lives in our race, if we get impressed, he's telling me to do certain things, then as we step as we expect and do what he's told us to do in faith, that causes his plan to come to pass. What if she would have said, well, I'll just see. I'm going to sit in the sidelines and I'll just see. Maybe, maybe he'll come over to me. Maybe I'll be healed just being over here. I really don't want to step in the middle of that. I don't want to really want to do that. I'm just going to see if it'll work this way. You probably wouldn't have read about her. But she said, I'm going after what he said. I'm going to do. In this case, she had seen people be healed. She had obviously got an idea that if she touches Jesus, she's going to be healed. So verse 32, he looked around her to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came down, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Daughter, your faith has made you well. You believed something and it changed your circumstance. 
She believed something and she expected something and she acted on that. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Praise, praise God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6 says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of our glory, for which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Saying there has not been seen what God has prepared. His plan for each child is good. His, his plan for each of His children, for each Christian, is good. And at the, those that love Him, those that follow Him, and He has prepared, but we are going to have to take a hold of what He has prepared for us. He has, He said right here, I has not seen, nor ears is nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Yes, that has a future application. It has an application now on this earth as well. As we're running our race, we need to understand God has only good for us. See, if we cower back, don't know. What's coming? Don't know about, about, well, God, I don't know, just, well, we'll see. That's not stepping out. That's not faith. That's not expectation. We need to understand this. God has great things prepared. I'm going forward, pushing in. It's like, it's, it's what we, that word that came forth Wednesday that we read forth earlier, press, press into it. Obtain it. Go after it. It's not time to sit on the side. Press forward and go after and cooperate with Him. Cooperate with what He's prompting you to do. Expect something. Expect in line with what He's told you. If, we, if He said something to your heart, then believe it and trust and step out in that plan so that the thing can come to pass. Second Timothy 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't step back in fear. Don't pull back. Go forward into it. Get bold about it. This woman that we read about was bold. Abraham was bold. It didn't look like anything in the natural, but stepping out and saying, God has said it, therefore I'm getting ready for it. I expect to see something. What if we say, well, you know, when it shows up, then we'll change stuff. That's not faith. That's not expectation. Stepping out. Don't yield to the spirit of fear. Satan will try to push on you to, to relinquish Relinquish what God has for you in your future. He has something. He's prompted. 
something in you, and Satan will come and say, you don't really believe that, do you? That happens to every Christian. He'll try to tell you you're the only one. Well, in your situation, yeah, there was this, and yeah, Abraham, and there was the one with the issue of blood, blah, blah, blah. But your situation, yeah, they were going to have a baby, and yeah, that's impossible, but after all, they really talked to God. You, on the other hand, look at it, and he'll try to discourage you. And that happens to every person. And when you hear that, you need to say, Whoop, devil, that's not God. Think about it. If, you, if God is prompting you to do something good for Him and step out, and something is trying to dis discourage you from that, who is that? Is God discouraging you from doing the thing He told you to do? Now you need to ascertain and judge, is it right? Is it line up with Scripture? Do you have a peace? We spent a whole series talking about that on Wednesdays, about hearing from Him. Go listen to that. God will prompt you and... and and lead you and guide you? Yes, you need to understand, but at some point, you need to just be bold and expect and go forward. Fear is real. Fear will keep you bound. Not pushing out, keep you right here. Keep you, well, I don't know, I don't see. If we're going to walk by faith, we're not going to see. Both of these examples we just read, they didn't see. In fact, it said what Abraham, if he's going by what he sees, he's done. There's no hope, period. That's normal for the children, child of God. I said that's normal. Get used to it. Somebody didn't hear me. I said that is normal. It's not normal in the world. The world says, well, we'll see. We'll believe it when we see it, but for the child of God, you believe it before you see it. When you see it, it's too late to believe it. Amen. Everybody say, it's normal. It's normal. Say, I walk by faith, not by sight. Well, I'll just see. If it, if it works out this way, then I'll, then I'll obey God. Backwards. Everybody say, backwards. You cannot find examples in the Word where they said, well, you know what, God, I'll wait. You do what you're going to do, and then I'll step out. Doesn't happen that way. They stepped in to the river before it parted. They marched around the city, and then the walls fell. That looks stupid, too. Go read that account. They're, watch, they're, running around, they're, they're walking silently around an armed city with walls, and then they shout. They're expecting the walls to fall down. That's ludicrous. That's just crazy. I mean, people see you doing that again. They're going to take you. They might not even take the time to talk to you. They're just going to call the police and try to have you locked up. But for, the difference is, if it's God, you're going to go by your head or you're going to go by what he said. If we're going to run our race, then we have to run it in expectation. We're going to have to prepare and act in line with what he's told us, and it's going to require faith. Period. If you think you're going to get to the place where it doesn't require faith, you're, it's just, you're, you're a misunderstanding. It's not the way it is. You're always going to have to walk by faith. And you think you take some steps, and, and it works out, and then, well, 
now I should just be able to take whatever the next step is. Yeah, but the next step you don't know, just like you didn't know when you took the step before. You're going to have to keep walking by faith, and the devil will always tell you it's not going to work this time. That's normal. Don't listen to him. Tell him to shut up. Tell him he's defeated. The spirit of fear will try to grip you and try to get you not to walk, not to, not to step out. Try to, try to get you off the plan of God. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David, I don't remember this one. I don't know if this one was written by David or not. Top of my head. But you read the Psalms. David went through some stuff. If you're going through some stuff, read the Psalms. It'll encourage your heart. But here, wait on the Lord. That, in the margin of my Bible, it says, wait in faith on the Lord. That's just not wait, twiddling thumbs on the Lord. Well, God will do it. That is, wait in faith, believe Him, He'll do it. Be of good courage. Expect. Waiting in faith is, you are getting prepared. You're doing what He told you to do. Let me ask you a question. Does a, does a lady that knows she's pregnant and she's going to have a baby at that point when she knows less than nine months the doctor's gonna set what we call a due date and what's another word for the lady in pregnancy what is she said to be expecting what if she was just like well you know I don't know Baby may come, baby may not come. Is that what you see when somebody is pregnant? Quite the opposite. Throw a party, everybody knows, they know when it's coming, there's showers, there is expectation, there is party, there is preparation, there is nesting at some point, the ladies running around getting everything ready, that's put in there by God to get things ready so when the baby comes, things are set, right? What if the, have you ever seen a pregnant lady, pregnant couple, that acts like, eh, that's their first child, and they're just like, eh, whatever. And there's no changes. Do you ever see that? I've never seen it. Maybe you have. I've never seen it. You see quite the opposite. There is action. There is prep. There is, this is happening. There may be denial, but it's coming. The baby's coming. And it will rock your world, and it will turn your life upside down. Just a hint. They don't know as much as it's going to turn their life upside down. But yeah, there's expectation. When God has told us something, and we are in His plan, we need to go into that mode that we are expecting. We are believing Him, and we're saying, okay, what needs to be in place? Because we are going on with Him. He is going to be doing such and such. If you don't act on it, then you don't believe, you don't expect. But when you act on what He has said, you are expecting. You're saying, this is going to happen, so we're going to need this. I'm going to need a baby room, because I'm going to have a baby. Not going to do to have the baby in here. Do you see it? Amen. God is faithful. 
And he has good things for every person, much more than we can wrap our mind around, but we, we obtain it by faith, one step at a time, believing before we see, expecting, stepping out. Glory to God. Everybody stand to your feet, please.